Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Our guest today is Elaine Bentley Bond. Elaine is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She holds a certification in EMDR, which is Eye Movement desensitization and reprocessing, a brain-based rapid processing therapy for trauma. She's certified in feng shui, an energy-based therapy for the spaces in which humans live and work. I'll tell you right now, I need help there. And Elaine is also a lifelong writer. Her poetry book, This Language River, was published in 2009. She has edited and written articles and book reviews for various organizations, including the American Association for Marriage and Family Therapy Publications, Family Therapy News, and a variety of websites. Now, why is Elaine with us today? Because she is the author of The Five Rules for Drama-Free Living, and don't we all need that? The five rules in this book will help you manage stress, make mindful choices about your life, increase life satisfaction, and regain power over your daily life. Elaine, welcome to the Success Insight Podcast. Thank you, Howard. That was a lovely introduction. You've done your homework. I try to, and I have to say, as I was getting into this, I'm like, I think I need Elaine's help here. And I do. I also <laughs> want to share in the spirit of full disclosure, I did load your book on Kindle, and I am getting ready to really dive a lot deeper into it because I think drama-free living, we all need a little bit of that. And I'd love if you could share a little bit about that, but Give folks a little bit of a background of who is Elaine Bentley Bond, your background, and how you got into writing this book. Well, the book, in a sense, was an accident. I found, I, like you said, I've been a therapist for a very long time, and I found after about 10 years in the field that there were certain things that most people needed to learn, and I started writing them down in brief essays to hand out to my clients as homework. and there came to be so many of them that they kind of acquired critical mass and told me they wanted to be a book. It took me a couple of years to put them together and edit them down into the most efficient way to present them. And that became this book. Fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about your clients that you work with. So you were in marriage, family therapy. And so these insights that you were getting was as a result of that body of work as a therapist, or was there other aspects within your personal professional life that helped inform what was going to go on in this book? Well, the MFT training It basically says that whoever's in your office, whether it's a couple, family, or an individual, you're looking at them through the lens of the system they come from, the system they currently live in, the systems they create. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm seeing an individual, I'm thinking about them in their role in their family of origin, their role in their family of choice, their role in their workplace, and how those patterns create and reinforce certain things that may or may not be helpful to them in life. Okay. That's the MFT piece. I'm always thinking in terms of systems. But the specific rules that 
I list in this book have more to do with the individual's response to their environment and to the people around them and to their inner voice, how they talk to themselves, how they look at the world. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about those rules. And are they hierarchical? One feeds on the other, or are they standalone and just perhaps interdependent with each other? They certainly relate, but I look at them as if you if people say, why rules? Why not suggestions or ideas? And I, I observed that certain things just seem to happen. These are it's like gravity. It's the law. So these are rules in that sense. This is just how I perceive the world. The first rule, for example, is that there is one and only one thing in the world that I have power over and responsibility for, and that's the one in the mirror. Mm, Sure. The idea is that the more we either abdicate responsibility for our own behavior or try to manage other people so that we can be happy, we waste our energy. We, we, we get to the place where we think of ourselves as victims. Oh, look what you've done to me. Or why not? Doesn't anything ever work out for me? Or we're so busy trying to fix someone else so that we can be happy that we are sometimes even push them away by trying to get them to be just what we want them to be so that our own needs get met. Okay. And so what would what rule would come after the, this initial rule? The next one, and these are, these are not sequential in that sense. These are often, these next two especially are the ones that I specifically cover with my clients pretty much in the first session. Okay. Number two is that we are all containers for feelings. Whatever we've experienced that we haven't fully emotionally processed goes in the container, waits, stews, ferments, and at some point may start to leak out, boil over, or explode. And people say, you're overreacting. What they don't understand is that you're responding to not only what just happened, but to what it reminds you of. Oh my, yes. So I look at the container as regards therapy in threefold. One, we want to empty the container. Dump it out, sort it out, process it, digest it, compost, fumigate. Make room for all the normal stresses and strains of life. Whether you're talking a flat tire or the zombie apocalypse, you need some room in there so that you don't fly off the handle with the least little irritation. The second thing as regards the container is learning not to put new stuff in it. That means dealing with stuff as it comes up. Instead of saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, the hell with you, when you blow off. It means learning how to say, I'm not really okay with that. Courteously saying no with respect so that we don't have to stuff our resentments. And then the third thing is maintenance of the container itself. And that's based on the idea that the body is the container. So it's about good physical care of the self, whether it's 
decent diet, some exercise, routine medical exams. I'm a huge fan of integrative medicine, so acupuncture, chiropractic, massage. Also, two that are aspects that are a little bit more on the woo-woo side. One is spiritual quality about meaning. What what brings your life meaning? And the other is what do you do that gets you into a flow state that brings you joy in a a place where there's no separation between the ego and the doing of it. So it might be knitting, it might be gardening, it might be dancing, it might be singing, but whatever it is that you can kind of lose yourself in because it provides respite. It provides a, a rest for the brain. And the subconscious mind creates all sorts of wonderful results when we get out of our own way. Wonderful. Obviously, I'm really passionate about this. I, you know something? This is perfect information and definitely a embarking point to, to want to learn more. And so we've, we've covered at least two of those rules. What's number three? Well, the third rule is basically the idea that feelings don't mature. We come into this world, little tiny beings, already loaded with the programs for feelings. What matures is our capacity to manage ourselves when we have those feelings. I'll talk about thinker and feeler, adult and child, maybe cognition, emotion, really talking about two different parts of the brain. The thinker, the prefrontal cortex, is the most mature part of the brain. The feeler is basically a cluster of portions of the brain called the deep limbic system. The feeler part of us is our, you might say, inner three-year-old. That part of us that tells the truth but doesn't worry about what other people think. So my feeler knows that I like ice cream. But if my feeler's in charge and there's ice cream in the freezer, maybe going to eat all the ice cream and have some negative consequences as a result. Maybe a headache from the cold, a tummy ache from the volume, and there's no ice cream to share with anyone else. If I let my thinker, which understands about consequences, cause and effect, if I let my thinker help my feeler, then I can have a little bit of ice cream today, another bowl tomorrow, and there's still some to share. It's that balance between my adult planful, organized self and my my jubilant child self, that is my my belief is that that's the big secret for happiness in life is that balance so that my thinker functions as a loving parent to the child self and the child or the feeler functions as an intelligent informant to the adult. The child knows what I like, and the adult knows how to get it in a sustainable way. Sure, sure. I have an idea, Elaine. You've you've just graciously shared the first three rules, and rather than giving away the keys to the car, so to speak, (laughs) let's let the readers go out and pick up a copy of the book out on Amazon or visit your website and learn more about you and your work, and they get to learn a lot more about about these rules, if that's okay. I think that's fine. All I could do on this conversation is just the very top of the story anyway. 
but I really appreciate the opportunity to get to share this. Oh, most definitely. And it's actually a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. I mean, I don't have the, the, the license training that you do, but coming up and being a career changer myself and going into coaching, leadership development, the style of coaching is what we call evidence-based. And it, it builds on a lot of the theories that, that you're talking about. And so you were actually speaking my language as I was listening to you. And definitely it brought up kind of a, a question for me is who are going to be the consumers of the book, The Five Rules for Drama-Free Living? I like the idea that anyone who is stressed could look at this as a tool for reducing their stress and adding to their joy. It is a tiny book. It's only 100 pages. And it was printed very mindfully with large print so that if you bought this for your neighbor or in-laws or coworker who had some stress or triggered some stress, that it might be the kind of gift they would actually utilize. Many times, self-help books are, they, are, they have a lot of information in them, but sometimes it overwhelms people who are not, especially those who are not avid readers. I made a point of writing this in a way that it's a little bit lighthearted. I'm told that it sounds like my voice, which is to say there's some humor in it and a very tiny little bit of strong language. But the idea is that anybody who, whether it's workplace or home life, it would be appropriate for older teens as well as adults. You don't have to be a big reader. It's, it's written in essay form, which is to say each section is kind of complete in itself. So it's not something that you have to grind through. It's written so that it can be read in bite-sized bits. It doesn't overwhelm. And I have clients who have read it multiple times because they find that they like going back over certain sections. That's actually wonderful. I was going to ask you that question about your clients or the, the, the people that you know who are consuming the book is what are they saying about it? Well, they've been very, very kind about it. I have some lovely reviews on the Amazon website, but it functions kind of as a handbook. I've had couples who read sections of it to each other. I use it actively in my practice. So I have clients read sections of it as homework, which is totally appropriate because that's how it was written. I'm very big on giving people permission to not be perfect. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that some people will read this and say, oh, well, I knew that. And the cool thing about it is remembering that we all know a lot of what we need to know. We just need to be reminded sometimes. Oh, yeah, I could do it differently. Or, I, oh, yeah, I could do it that way. So it's a matter of kind of being kind and friendly to yourself in the process of the growth in the process of growth we're all somewhere on our of path course, of course. and it's not like you ever really stop growing or stop learning it's a matter of what's going to be useful to me at this stage of of my work on myself i think it reminds me of the, there's certain books out there that we can revisit some people revisit them 
multiple times throughout the year. Some people, it's kind of an anniversary type description, but I could see a book like this being read. I mean, this, we're at the perfect time of the year, Elaine. It's the holiday season is, is upon us. The new year, a new start. Some of us had good years. Some of us had great years. Some of us wish we had a little better perhaps. And and I think this a book like this is a good reminder just to check in with yourself and, and embrace who you are and some of the, the, the exercises and the, the teachings that you're provi- providing the reader. I think that's wonderful. Thank you for reminding me. At the end of each chapter is an exercise and a page for having a conversation with yourself about the specific rule. That's fantastic. I'd love to learn just a little bit more about you. I I know when we first met each other and we had a conversation, I saw Feng Shui as an area of interest. And I have to tell you, one of my friends is coming back. She's couch surfing with me for a couple of days with her 50-pound Samoyed. And my home office is a mess. And I was actually cleaning it up. It really irritates me that my place is a mess. And I'm thinking feng shui and the right colors, the right positioning, where where are things facing? Now, I know I've entirely simplified the topic of feng shui because you're an expert at this. But tell us more about what, what you do in the, within the art and practice of feng shui and how is that serving your clients as well? I do I, basically two things. I do consultations, which would mean that I would go out to people's homes or offices, and I do workshops. I love teaching people about feng shui. And for as referencing your home, there, there are three basic goals in terms of looking at things from a feng shui point of view, and that is that you want a gentle, meandering flow. So you want to avoid those things that block your path and create stagnation. You also want to avoid that wind tunnel effect of things going too fast, having a totally empty path, say, from your front door to where you're sitting at your desk. So you want to have a little bit of interest that distracts Mm. the energy so that it doesn't flow straight at you. And you definitely want things to be flowing. You don't want that stagnation. It also looks at the balance between yin and yang, which are the the two halves of the Tao symbol, if you're familiar with the mm-hmm. yin. It's sure. often called the yin-yang symbol. Sure. The idea is everything is always changing and always turning into its opposite. And everything has a little bit of its opposite in it. So that quality of flow and transformation is a normal, ubiquitous part of life. Anything other than that would be stale and and non-moving. The other thing that we look at for balance is the elements. And the elements from the Chinese point of view are slightly different than the elements that you might hear of in Native American or pagan tradition. There are five elements in feng shui, wood, metal, water, fire, and earth. And they have a, a, a system where one sort of begets the others, or the next one in the circle, and a system where one conflicts with. So water puts out fire, so that's the, the conflict, but water feeds wood. 
So using those elements in your space, the ideal is a balance of the elements, and particular ones can be chosen to enhance a particular area of your space, depending on what goals you mm-hmm. And Very that's a whole lot in one little bit. And I, I, I don't... You did great. To- Thank you. You, you did great. <laughs> I was thinking as you were sharing that, I think I need to I need to have a closer relationship with Feng Shui and Marie Kondo. Ah. Uh-huh. To, to clean up my my mess because I just things I don't need or haven't touched in a couple of years, I probably don't need those anymore. But that's a whole other story. And I'm I at that, that's a different show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would have to be probably end up having to be a client of yours. So listen, Elaine, <laughs> I truly appreciate you taking the time to join us on the Success Insight podcast and sharing a little bit of about your background and this book, Five Rules for Drama-Free Living. I think I'm ready for a nice cup of tea and sit down and start enjoying the book. And listen, if our listeners would like to learn more about you and your work, where are the best places for them to go? Well, they can go to my website, which is a WordPress website. All they have to do is Google the words toward a drama-free life, and they will find several links on there. I have a Facebook page, Elaine Bentley Bond, MS, LMFT. I'm also listed on the International Feng Shui Guild. That's F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I Guild. And I'm listed on Psychology Today website as well. Fantastic. And we'll most definitely put links back to those sites for our listeners, as well as the the book site on Amazon. You know, there was one thing here that we didn't mention, and I thought this was pretty cool. And where was this? You were... Your book was given a an award. It was oh yes, the forty seven best self help books that every woman should read, and men I should say. Self, it's under self improvement books. On a, and there's a website called I. I'm going to let you pronounce this website. Is that flipping? Flipping. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was. That, I've been listed on a few lists, but I've. I can't say how thrilling it was to be on the same list with some of my heroes in terms of the self-help world. It quite went to my head. Well, fantastic and a hearty congratulations to you. And Thank you very, very much. Anytime our others can join and, and embrace the work and your hard work, which you have been bringing to the table for many people for uh, the number of years that you've been in practice. And this book is, is a gift. And hopefully, again, in the holiday season, hopefully people will take advantage of it and going on into the new year. And Because heaven knows we need a lot more drama-free living, I believe. So you're doing, you're doing a great service for a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, folks, we have just been chatting with Elaine Bentley Bond, licensed marriage and family therapist. She's an expert in EMDR, as well as a certified in Feng Shui and energy-based therapy for space in which humans live and work. She's a lifelong writer, she's a poet, and we were chatting quite a bit about her book, and she shared three of the five rules from her book. Then this book is The Five Rules for Drama-Free Living. And if look, if you have stress in your life, if you need to, some assistance in making mindful choices, 
about your life, increase your life satisfaction, regain power over your daily life, this book is right for you. So do take advantage of it. And we will most definitely put links back to Amazon so you can find the book as well as to Elaine's website and then the the Feng Shui Guild and Psychology Today listing as well. So it'll all be out on the show notes and do get to know more about Elaine and her work. So like we say every day, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there, have a phenomenal day, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Take care now. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.